Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Everybody loves Altoids, the little mints that come in tins. Well, once the mints are gone, you can do some really neat things with the leftover tins. People have made MP3 players, cameras, even stoves. Check out HowStuffWorks.com slash Tinnovators to find out more. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. It's Stuff You Should Know with Josh Clark. That's me. And Charles W. Bryant. That's you, right? And this is really Stuff You Should Know. Yeah. Not like the usual gobbledygook that we just toss out there. This is <laughs> this one's an important one. Sure. Yeah. I think. I think so, too. We're talking about what the CDC classifies in the top ten accomplishments of public health yeah. of the 20th century. Indeed. It also might be one of the most nefarious plots ever perpetrated on the global public. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's do it, Chuck. We're talking about fluoride. Uh-huh. The seemingly innocuous stuff that is added to our water supply and our toothpaste and our, oh, Diet I don't pills. Know, diet pills, mouthwash. Uh-huh. What else? Um, Soft drinks. Well, that's stuff that we ingest. It's also uh, in rat poison and things like that. Antipsychotic medications? Yes. Pain, or uh, not painkillers. Tranquilizers? Tranquilizers. Yeah. It's all over the place, and actually, it is exceedingly difficult to get rid of or to get away from. Right. Anything that has water in it, uh, say a soft drink, sure, is going to have fluoride in it too, mm-hmm. because pretty much all of our water has fluoride in it. At least here in the states, yes, sixty percent of American cities fluoridate their own water. Right. Fluoridate water that already has naturally occurring fluoride in it, mm-hmm. which is hinky. It is hinky. Let's talk about fluoride first, right? Okay, let's uh, do it. Back in the 1940s here in the States, and we should also say around the world, this is not necessarily the case. There are some countries that absolutely don't fluoridate water. Mm-hmm. Some used to. Like and I do believe, not know. Uh, yeah, Denmark and Switzerland are among those that used to and, and don't anymore. France never did. No. But in the States, we've been hot and heavy about fluoridating water for a long time, since uh, 1945. Yep. When Grand Rapids, Michigan became the first um, city to fluoridate, to add fluoride to its already fluoridated water. Right. Uh, and Grand Rapids became the kind of model city for this. It was studied extensively. Uh-huh. Uh, and the whole reason we started fluoridating water is, and as Chuck likes to say, I find this hinky. Sure. Uh, scientists discovered that. Uh, Areas where naturally occurring fluoridated water was being drunk by the citizens, mm-hmm. um, they also there was also a correlation with a, a decline in dental caries. Right, all and about the teeth. Dental caries are any kind of signs of decay, like a cavity or something like that. It's uh-huh. an umbrella term for them, right? right? So they decided, hey, we should add fluoride to the water and uh, put it in toothpaste, and uh, we'll, we'll get our teeth in shape here in this country. And since then, everybody's fine with fluoride. Mm-hmm. It's totally cool. You know, uh, if you'll remember, toothpaste used to be touted with with fluoride. Oh, yeah. It's actually a little more difficult to find that little label yeah. these days. Right. The ADA, American Dental Association, says it's great. The, the World, World Health Organization. They came out in 1969 and said... It's good stuff. Uh huh. Big, big organizations are behind it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there actually has been a major decline in tooth decay since then. Uh, back in the 40s, the early 40s, I believe, uh, in the U.S., the average kid had 15 dental caries. 
Right. That's a lot. That is a lot. I mean, that makes me look good. Do you have a lot of cavities or a lot of fillings? I'm like a crackhead over here. Yeah. My, my, I remember when I was a kid and I kept getting fillings every time. I rather sardonically told my dentist one time, why don't you just go ahead and fill them all right now? Just get it over with. You were sardonic way back then? Yeah. I nice. said, I keep coming back in here and you do a couple every time. So why don't you just go ahead and do them all? <laughs> he said, well, that's no kind of attitude. Really? You should have been fluoride. Like, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and I went, meh. Yeah. Okay. And all of a sudden you forgot what you were talking about. Exactly. Yeah, so um, again, fluoride's endorsed across the board almost. Almost. By almost every major um, dental association, public health association, the CDC, as we said, the World Health Organization. And they all point to studies that show that fluoride is perfectly fine. Even though it's in insecticides and rat poisons and uh, tranquilizers. Right. Um, the problem is, is there are also plenty of studies that have surfaced or been conducted over the years that show fluoride is not necessarily fine. Now, are we going to get to the dark side now? Is it time? I, I, I don't see any reason to hold off any longer. Okay. I mean, what did we, we talked about how, yeah, there's been a decrease in dental caries mm-hmm. since fluoride was introduced or... right. The thing is, is the impression I have is everybody seems to be okay with adding fluoride to toothpaste. Right. But it's the water supply that really gets people's ire up. Right. Right? Right. I think because it's already in there. Well, not just that. And also we should say that the optimal, as far as the EPA is concerned, the optimal uh, amount of fluoride added to drinking water is four parts per million, right? Uh, yes, indeed. And And... Anything over that, up to 14 parts per million, is considered dangerous. Right. And uh, way back in 1992, the National Academy of Sciences estimated that more than 200,000 people in the U.S. were drinking water with fluoride levels above four parts per million. And what are some of the dangers? Well, some of the dangers are uh, discoloration and corrosion of your teeth, which mm-hmm. is called uh, dental fluorosis. Yeah, which is ironic that yeah, something, to help your teeth. the whole point of fluoride is to prevent dental decay. Right. And overexposure or prolonged exposure, say, oh, I don't know, over the course of a lifetime, um, it can actually degrade your teeth's health. Right. It can actually accelerate decay. And not just teeth, but bones as well. Right, which is skeletal fluorosis. Right. It can also cause seizures. It can also cause uh, severe gastrointestinal yeah. upset. It can lower your IQ, supposedly, allegedly. Well, that's not necessarily allegedly. There's a bunch of studies um, that have been shown that there is at least a correlation between high fluoride exposure and low IQ. Right. Uh, China's big on that, actually. There's been a, a, a slew of studies to come out of China that show that. Um, and the Chinese have also conducted other studies outside of China. So it's not just China right. that's got f- heavily fluoridated dummies. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, Chuck, I guess now. Now's let's, the time. Let's pull the trigger. Let's get into the whole conspiracy aspect of this. Yes, there's something called the fluoride conspiracy, which uh, we found quite disturbing. We did. I speak for you. Yeah, please do. And um, should we go back to 1924 and kind of set up how this happened? Yes. Let's go back in time, Josh, like we'd love to do, to 1924. So are we in 1924 now? We're in 1924. 62 years from the release of Ghostbusters. Right. Uh, the IG Farben Company in Germany, they're a chemical manufacturing company, they started getting loans from banks here in America. So what that led to was Henry Ford and uh, American Standard Oil uh, merged with IG Farben 
And in the early 30s, all of a sudden, there were more than 100 corporations who uh, had cooperatives and subsidiaries in Germany. So all of a sudden, we have a lot of a lot of uh, manufacturing and business going on in Germany, early 30s. Right. Flash forward a little bit to 39 under the Altet Agreement, and the American Aluminum Company, which was the largest producer of sodium fluoride, and Dow, everyone knows about Dow, the chemical company. Sure. They transferred technology to Germany as well. So all of a sudden, you have uh, what's known as the fluoride mafia. Right. Quote, unquote. Because Dow is the largest producer of sodium fluoride in the world at the time, right? Right. And I guess we should say that here's the deal. Fluoride is a byproduct of a lot of manufacturing processes. Well, hydrofluorosilicic acid is. Exactly. Um, we should also say at this point that the studies that are conducted on the dangers of fluoride, mm-hmm. which no one disputes, you can... There is such a thing as fluoride toxicity. Right, that's fact. What's in dispute is, number one, whether or not it will actually affect intelligence, and number two, uh, whether the risks of fluoride toxicity outweigh the benefits to dental health. Right. Okay? Right. Right. Okay, so go ahead, Chuck. So now, uh, flash forward a little bit more into World War II, uh, the U.S. government sends a guy named Charles Elliott Perkins, and he's a research, a chemistry guy. Uh, they sent him to Germany to uh, work with the chemical plants over there, with the IG Farben Corp, uh, Company. Right. And a German chemist there told him of a scheme which was devised that the, the German chemists were going to... Uh, no, they had been. They had been giving fluoride to prisoners of war. Is that right? They were fluoridating, heavily fluoridating from, from how I take it, uh, the water at the POW camps in Germany. Right. To, quote, make them stupid and docile. Yes. Interesting. Very interesting. The plot thickens. So, so apparently that, that caught the attention of the Americans. It did indeed. In 1939, uh, Gerald Cox, who was a chemist employed by the aluminum company, right. concludes, Alcoa. Yeah, concludes in a study uh, with lab rats that fluoride reduces the uh, cavities, dental cavities. And this is where everything just kind of picks up from there. Like all of a sudden, fluoride is associated with a reduction Big time. in dental caries and... Now we need to just start adding it to our drinking water. Right. Right? 1947, Oscar Ewing, who was a longtime attorney for the aluminum company, is appointed head of the Federal Security Agency, which places him in charge of the Public Health Service. And over the next three years after that, 87 American cities started fluoridating their water. Right. And this is just an early example of the revolving door. You know about the revolving door, right? We've talked about it before. School me. Um, it's like, uh, Paulson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paulson, when he was head of the treasury. Sure. He was a Goldman Sachs man. Right. And of course, Kashkari, he was a Goldman Sachs man too. Yeah. It's just, it's, the revolving door is basically this, this, um, interaction, this interplay between the private sector and public office. So the private sector will send some of their top people to serve in public office, affect policy change that helps this private sector and then they come out and get huge bonuses and a cush job. Exactly. This is exactly what you're talking about now with Oscar Ewing in 1947. Right. Allegedly. Right. We need to keep saying that word. Oh, yeah. So basically, Josh, the aluminum manufacturing uh, and fertilizer and weapons industries start conducting this education and research for fluoride, saying how great it is when it's one of their biggest byproducts. And apparently the deal is it's a very expensive byproduct to get rid of. It is. But it's also toxic waste. So very conveniently, they have all these studies that come out that say, hey, it's really good for you, funded and we, by these companies. And we just happen to have a bunch 
So let's start selling it to municipalities to put into their water supply. Right. Uh, should we talk about Eddie Bernays, Edward Bernays, real quick? Yeah. I, and actually, Chuck, we we had a suggestion from one of our listeners a while back um, when we talked about, I think it was the propaganda uh, episode. Right. Um, and he sent in some stuff about Edward Bernays. Oh, really? I think Edward Bernays actually deserves his own podcast. This guy created PR. Yeah. And like the kind of thank you for smoking PR. The original spin doctor. Yeah. What they call him. I- I'd like to, I think we should do one on him. I agree. Okay. So, uh, Barnays is, um, funded by these industrialists to try and encourage, uh, this PR campaign that you, fluoride's good for you. You're going to read the quote? No, I want you to. All right. So Bernays is uh, quoted as saying, you can get practically any idea accepted if doctors are in favor. The public is willing to accept it because the doctor is an authority to most people, regardless of how much he knows or doesn't know. How about that? Yeah. Which is true. Uh, And actually, Chuck, I should say, um, you know my cute little girlfriend? She's sharp as a tack. Indeed. Uh, she and I were watching something about a, um, like an elliptical machine or something. It was an infomercial for uh-huh. it. And, uh, they had this doctor on and he was touting the, the, uh, health benefits of this machine. Uh-huh. Uh, but it said his name and then New York cardiologist. And it just completely went over my head and she, she stopped and was like, what is the fact that he's a New York cardiologist <laughs> have to do with anything? And I realized like, New York cardiologist had just buzzed into my brain, uh-huh. and I, it was an infomercial, so I took the guy with the grain of salt to begin with, right. but I, it, I, t- I did not notice at all that it was a New York cardiologist I was listening to, right. but I'm sure that that still had an effect on oh, yeah. the legitimacy that yeah. this guy had, in my opinion. If it would have said Des Moines pediatrician, you probably wouldn't have right. had that. Or sub- Sheboygan. Sheboygan pediatrician. Sure. We always make fun of Sheboygan. Or Detroit, even worse. For Eau Claire. Yeah, Wisconsin. 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 So uh, basically these doctors weren't necessarily uh, bad guys and, and ladies, but they never really got these studies. A lot of these studies were allegedly suppressed, and people that opposed it were you know, called cranks and quacks. And so all these doctors are seeing these cooked studies, essentially, cooking the books. Nice, Chuck. Allegedly. Get them, Chuck. <laughs> Uh, recently declassified documents about the Manhattan Project, Josh, where we made the atomic bomb, mm-hmm. found out that fluoride is a key chemical ingredient in the atomic bomb. Even worse than that, though, there was a uh, an ADA uh, study that apparently said that fluoride does pose a health risk, and the Atomic Energy Agency actually redacted much of this study. So when the American Dental Association is being redacted by the Atomic Energy Agency... right. That should raise some sort of flag. Oh, yeah. You know the reason they gave, though? What? National security. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, and apparently, Chuck, when uh, whenever the government pulls out national security, including lawsuits, mm-hmm. which our arch nemesis Ira Glass recently covered in a This American Life um, story on Glass. on the origins of things, uh-huh. um, there's absolutely nothing you can do. Like, that's, that's it. The judge just says, well, this case can't be tried. Well, you know what else happened in 2003? What? The Water Act. Yeah. The Water Act was passed, and one of the little things in the Water Act that you may not know about, people, is that it made it impossible for water companies to undergo uh, civil or criminal hearings as a result of adding fluoride to public water. So they basically said, you can't sue them because we passed the Water Act. So if someone finds out something awful, there's nothing you can do about it Yeah, to make money. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, again, we should go back and say that if you ask the CDC, the ADA... 
the World Health Organization, if you ask any of these agencies, is fluoride dangerous, they will conclusively say no. Or we should say, does fluoride give you cancer? Right. They will say no. Of course. There are plenty of studies out there that link fluoride to cancer. Again, though, these studies appear to be repressed. Have you heard of... Um, Phyllis Mullinex? Yeah. Great. Let's, let's talk about her. She was, what, a Harvard researcher? Yeah, toxicologist from She Harvard. was a New York cardiologist. In the 1990s. Yeah, and um, she was about to publish a study um, on the link between cancer and fluoride. And lower sudden, IQs, too. Was that right? Well, yeah. She she thought that it might lead to lower IQ and uh, ADHD. And a couple of yeah, because some uh, during her studies of uh, rodents, they were displaying um, symptoms and signs of ADHD. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'd also already long known that fluoride exposure causes um, osteosarcomas, which is bone cancer, right. in rats. Mm-hmm. Um, but she yeah okay, so she was doing uh, the link between ADHD, lower IQ, and fluoride. And she was fired a couple of days before her um, findings were published. Right. So she goes to the National Institutes of Health for a research grant to continue her studies, and they said fluoride does not lower IQ. Yes. It does not affect intelligence, and turned her down. And said, sorry, we have no money for you. Right. And, and the National was, Institutes right. of Health are not supposed to write the conclusions for researchers before their studies are published. Right. And you know what she was fired from, what her job was? What? She was a head of toxicology at the Forsyth Dental Center in Boston. Yeah. Interesting. The plot is getting so thick, I can barely put my hand in it. It is. This is honestly, I'd never heard of this in Ben Bolin. They did uh, on the soon-to-be-released Stuff They Don't Want You to Know a video podcast. They did one on fluoride. So we kind of uh, borrowed from them. Well, we actually asked Ben, the godfather, for his yeah, blessing, and right. he, he very generously gave it to us. Right. Go do fluoride. Right. Um, so, Chuck, the, here's the biggest one to me. This is This is the one that gets me the most, okay? Okay. So the studies that show that fluoride poses little to no health risk uh-huh. if it's delivered at four parts per million or less in fluoridated water, um, number one, are about 20 years old. Right. Uh, and number two, were conducted using pharmaceutical-grade sodium fluoride. Right. This is the stuff that actually is in toothpaste. Right. It's really high-grade stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and... That's why no one really has any problem with fluoride in toothpaste. It's the fluoride in the drinking water supply, as we said earlier, mm-hmm. that people are worried about. Right. One of the reasons why is that while some cities do put sodium fluoride in their water supply, it's still not pharmaceutical grade. And even worse, a lot of cities use hydrofluorosilicic acid, right. which, Chuck, you mentioned that it's a byproduct of fertilizer production, um, munitions production, uh-huh. um, aluminum production. Scrubbed from the smokestacks. Say it again, Chuck. Scrubbed from the inside of smokestacks. Of put, fertilizer plants. Of fertilizer plants and put into our water. Put into trucks, shipped to uh, water um, treatment plants mm-hmm. where it's sold to cities and inserted into the water supply. Dude, I'm not Mr. Conspiracy Guy. I kind of It interests me, but this is one of those where... I was I was blown away. Well, I think the great irony of this podcast is that the um, aluminum foil hats we're wearing were actually right. produced by Alcoa. <laughs> I mean, come on. How's right. that for full circle? Yeah, but we're not getting any it's bouncing off all the uh, radio electric or radio magnetic uh, mm-hmm. electromagnetic waves. What yeah. am I saying? You you I know what you're <laughs> saying, buddy. So that's um that's fluoride. Actually, that's kind of just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, really. One thing that I took heart in is that um it seems like more and more legitimate uh groups 
are undertaking studies or reevaluations of some of the studies that were conducted on whether or not fluoride poses a health risk starting in the 21st century. Um, and it looks like people are starting to take a, a slightly more scrutinizing view of it because Edward Bernays is long dead, and so are all of the revolving door people who got this whole thing started. So we'll see. Right. The EPA is one of them, actually. Thank God. It's about I saw, time. I saw one of their scientists uh, in uh, their union, Chapter 280, uh, is taking a big stand against it, uh, Dr. William Hersey, and he's the vice president of that chapter of the EPA. And he says that, quote, fluoride is a hazardous waste product for which there is substantial evidence of adverse health effects and contrary to public perception, virtually no evidence of significant benefits. Right. Boom. Right. And when a scientist union starts talking, it's bad because you've got eggheads and leg-breaking um, teamsters right. rolled into one. You don't want to mess with that. No, a teamster-nerd combo is, is deadly. And actually, if you're looking for a legitimate source, a legitimate voice of opposition to fluoridating water, mm-hmm. you should check out anything Dr. Hardy Lineback has written. He's an associate professor of uh, dentistry. And he's the head of preventative, <laughs> he's the head of preventative dentistry at the University of T- Toronto. Okay, he's a vocal opponent of uh, fluoridating water, and he's he's got some great points. So. Right, yeah, Hardy Lineback, Lineback, cool stuff, Josh. Yeah, so that's fluorid. That's it. We should probably uh, we'll have to find another conspiracy one to do because our conspiracy ones really get people going. People love that CIA stuff. and LSD. Uh huh. Fake moon landing. Actually, MK Ultra was used in some of these experiments. That was part of the M- under the MK Ultra umbrella, this fluoride deal. Mm-hmm. Well, there was like two hundred and forty nine or one hundred and forty nine programs yeah. under MK Ultra. So awesome. you're going to get the fluoride sooner or later. Heck yeah! Especially if the Nazis are saying, "Dude, it totally makes your populations docile." Right? Yeah. And they're like, "You should try LSD." Yeah. <laughs> there was a big exchange yeah, back and exactly. forth. Everybody was just wow. Pretty cool. Is it time? Four. Listener mail. All right, Josh, I'm going to call this. I've got a couple here. I'm going to call it uh, answer to our query that we posed. Which one? Uh, when we asked what the uh, the woman who had the lightning go uh-huh. through her kitchen, and we actually asked Paloma? the listeners. Yeah, Paloma. So, Josh, if you remember, Paloma wrote in and said that she had this uh, lightning travel through her kitchen and a loud buzzing, popping sound. and But it went right it in front of her face and passed right from one wall to another. Absolutely. But left her totally unharmed. Totally unharmed. And it didn't even leave a mark on any of the walls that it passed through. It did not. And there was no thunder in the area <laughs> afterward, right? Right. Or there was, but it was far away. Right. Okay. No loud clap of thunder. So, uh, this one is actually, we had a few people write in, but this is from Tyler. He's a grad student at the Department of Chemical Engineering and Material Science at the University of Minnesota, class of 2013. Oh, he's a youngster. He is. He says, uh, I nearly lost it when I heard your uh, quandary today. I've been listening to you guys for months and never felt I had anything truly worthy to add. No. But now I'm thrilled. My older sister had gotten a series of Time Life books. Remember those? Uh, Containing a plethora of odd and amazing stories. I think I had those, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I had the Old West series. That was the best one. Oh. Shot a man for snoring too loud. Yeehaw. Remember that? Yeah. Um, When she moved, I took up the collection and let them gather dust. However, I recently started reading them, and uh, they're both entertaining and revealing. The story you read on the air sounds very close to ball lightning. Sure. Uh, The only major difference is that the writer didn't mention any damage to her house, and most ball lightning stories uh, do note some, some damage. 
So I'm not 100% sure, but it sounds like ball lightning. So we got that from Tyler, and we also got that from Kent in Elgin, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Brian in Montana, who's mm-hmm. 14. All right. Uh, Sarah of Unknown Origins. Mm-hmm. Kelsey in Astoria, New York. And Finnegan also said that, and he also requested that I do my cheek thing and say Ponzi. But Finnegan, Josh and I are not dancing monkeys to perform trips for you. It's a Ponzi! You're so easy. I am so easy. Yeah. So thanks to all of you for writing that in. Uh, I have to say, as far as I know, Ball Lightning's existence has never been conclusively proven. But again, you know me. It doesn't yeah. <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean anything. Josh, soft encounter, Clark. Yeah, soft encounter with fact. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to send us anything, um, whatever, send us something. We're not going to call for anything because every time we do, we get a bunch of stuff. I want a bunch of different stuff. Whatever people want to do. And Chuck, didn't you want to uh, issue a command for the Stuff You Should Know Nation? Oh, I did. You know, I was perusing iTunes and I was looking at some of our reviews, which uh, some are very kind. Some aren't so kind. Some people don't like it. Wow. Fine. Whatever. Okay. But we only had like 700 comments and... I saw that Adam Carolla's podcast had like 5,000. I should say at this point, Chuck flew into a rage. He <laughs> broke chairs. He uh, finished off a fifth of whiskey. Uh-huh. And he groped anything in sight, including me. Right. It was ugly. It was ugly. So I, I just thought I'd, I'd say, hey, guys, go to iTunes, if you will, at some point, and leave a comment and review in the uh, Stuff You Should Know section. It doesn't have to be great. If you don't like it, then you can say that too. But I just want to get the count up a little higher. So that is my call. We have a lot of listeners, and not many of them have uh, responded yet. So let's hear it. That is such a clear abuse of power. Please. It's How's disgusting. That? Pretty please. All right, so if you want to send us an email about anything at all, remember, anything at all, you can send that to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Hey, if you're a fan of Altoids, the curiously strong mints, you probably have a lot of empty tins laying around. You can do some pretty cool stuff with them. You can make survival kits, flash drives, even robots. Check out Altoids on Facebook to find out more. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?